Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. I'm the host, Mr. John Oxford, and I have the co-host, Mr. Josh Mabus, sitting here with me, and we are back again. It's been a while since we've recorded a podcast, but we are in the holiday season now, and anything you want to say to start us off there, Josh? I mean, I, I don't know where you've been. I've recorded two or three podcasts released them without telling you well sorry um, to break that news to you here while we're recording but um that that's good because no one listens to them so you, you can have your own personal podcast that's great it's like your dreams they're it's, only yours it's the marketing money podcast podcast it is a behind the scenes expose about You're, it's a self-cast of what happens at the marketing money podcast actually i just recorded into the notes on my phone oh good um just share that with yourself. Thanks. Anyway, uh, let's see. So today we're going to do the mannequin challenge. Are you ready? We just did it. You you couldn't see it anyway. Um, I think that should be called uh, the Harlem Shake 2.0. Would that be it? At, at least is. I mean, there's certain groups that, you know, when they do the mannequin challenge or when they do one of these new fads, you know, it's not cool anymore. So, and when, guess who that is? It's bankers. you. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this and your bank has done the mannequin challenge, stop. As of stop uh, now, turn in your resignation of the mannequin challenge of the mannequin challenge, and maybe your job and <laughs> find something now else. We're to do. on the cusp. We're on the cusp right now. After New Year's, please stop the mannequin challenge. No, though. stop now. It's well, over. It'll take a while for everybody. It's to over. Down. If you did the Harlem Shake. And then you did the mannequin challenge. You're one more fad away from probably the the bing, a hat trick, the, hat trick, the, the sad trick, the sad trick, the sad trick. So anyway, um, hey, don't let, do the mannequin challenge. Please don't do the mannequin challenge. Let's bank. Let's make banking great again without fads. We can. We can make banking great again. And seeing as it's almost December, that usually means it's what. Budget time. Budget time. Everybody get your armor um, out and your swords. And ask for way too much so you get cut back to what you actually need. Isn't that the game? That's always how you play it. It's the Game of Thrones budget season. (laughs) Well, today we're going to talk about budgeting, if you hadn't guessed yet by our not-so-sly references to that. Uh, Once again, this is the Marketing Money Podcast where we talk about all things marketing and money. And not things like the Mannequin Challenge anymore. Please don't do that. Again, don't do the mannequinchallenge.com. I think you should go there and make sure your uh, your bank isn't seen on there. But anyway, there's a few banks I'm looking towards, but I won't say their name because that would not be cool. You want to say any of them? <laughs> All right. Let's start off with budgeting. Josh, what do you do when you budget for a marketing campaign? Or let's, well, let's take it broader than that. What do you do when you budget for the next year? First, you have to budget. I, you cannot believe how many clients that I sit down with, I get a call from around this time of year that know that the new year's coming up, which is an arbitrary date to start marketing, by the way. I mean, we have to have a beginning 
fiscal year and physical year and all of that. But you have to have a resolution, and this year I'm going to market better than last year. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope they do. I mean, I hope you do um, have that. And, you know, that's our goal to always improve. But it's always strange to me when I get that call, I want to do some marketing, or what's your budget? Well, I haven't thought about that. I mean, that there is no budget. So, you know, the first lesson or the first portion of this is to budget. If if you spend what you can, there, there's so many, and, and, and specifically in banking, folks that just spend money as part of executive management okays it, and they feel very lucky to get that money. But year after year, they go in with no plan. They just spend some money. So the first thing is to actually sit down. If you are one of those people, I would use what you've been able to spend in the past and go ask executive management to be able to set it as a budget so you can begin planning. The rest of it is there are some rules of thumb for setting a bank marketing budget that uh, you could share with us. Uh, To back up on what Mr. Mabus said over there, you got to know what your goals are. If your goal is, if you're a small family-owned community bank, you're probably not going to add a billion in assets next year unless you're bought. I think you've got a different plan from a mid-sized regional or from a a national or even a global bank now. The area that I look or the, the equation that I use is usually a million for every billion in assets. If I have a billion dollar bank, I'm going to spend a million dollars on marketing. Somebody says, well, why that? My response is, why not? You have to start somewhere, and that's a good baseline to start with because it gives you enough that you can actually do some some good tactical work, but at the same time, it doesn't leave you over-marketed, and I don't think you can be over-marketed per se, but spending so much money that you get criticized. So uh, if you're a $10 billion bank, you should have a $10 million marketing budget. Frankly, that's what they taught in most of the bank marketing schools, that's what I've learned from uh, the conferences I've been to, is that when you need a baseline to start, that's where you start. If you can get more, go get more. But that's where the the general baseline should be. Some people are probably holding their breath right now or, or spitting out their coffee laughing, going, I can't get that much, or that's way too much, or that's not enough. But anyway, you got to start somewhere. That's my baseline to start. There has to be a rule of thumb. And, and the other part of that is, let's say this is the third part of it, to actually to make a plan, set your goals, to determine that that number based on um, your asset size. But then the third part of it is you can only spend what you have to spend. So you may use that number, your million for every billion, as a justification. Be able to go to your executive management and say, this is what banking standards are for spending. Again, what I said earlier, you let me spend, um, let's say you're a, a small bank, a $100 million bank. A million for every billion would be $100,000. But last year you spent forty. Well, when you go to your executive management and you say, you let me spend forty last year, it was kind of piecemeal all over the place. We didn't really have a goal in mind. Here's my goal. Here are my goals for 2017. We really should spend $100,000. Well, one, you'll probably at least ensure that you get to spend what you spent last year, that it won't be reduced. Hopefully executive management will be compelled by your goals, Likely, they will uh, be executive management's, the bank's goals as a whole. And um, maybe, just maybe, you can meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe you can be at 60 or 70 going in the next year. And But what do you, what do, you do with those things? You know, how, how, do you, how do you split that budget up if you did gain um, a good bit more money than uh, you had over the last year? Step two on this is once you decide what that – how much money you need. And, and a lot of times uh, executive managers will say, well, what do you need? 
And I think the question is, what's their strategic plan? What are you trying to do? If it's branding and you're a new bank or a new name or a rebrand, you need a lot of money because that could involve television, which is expensive. It could involve mass advertising, which costs a little more. When we go into new markets for our bank, the first thing you hear from our bankers is no one knows our name. They haven't heard of us. You're new to the marketplace. Well, that's usually your most expensive marketing because you've got to grow name recognition, which is expensive and costs a lot of money. Now, once you've been in the market for a while, for example, we have legacy markets where we've been over 112 years. And in those markets, every survey says we have 85 to 90% name ID. You don't have to buy the mass media because Folks know who you are, and so you can get much more tactical because the direct mail piece isn't a strange name in the office, in the household, the email coming to them or the name on a a social media. They know who it is. They know the brand name, where if you go to a a newer market, they don't know who it is. So it's just it could be anything. It could be random. They don't know. So if you're going to brand, budget for more money. If you're a legacy bank, uh, you can budget now, everyone wants more money. Don't, don't, don't go back and say, well, I heard in a podcast that the guy said we don't need any money because we're a legacy bank in this market. We've been in for 100 years. No, you still need money and get all you can. Tactically, though, it's less expensive once you have name ID. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the first battle of marketing. You, no one can choose to bank with you if they've never heard of you. Again, a, a problem I see within small community banks you give back into the community, you do these support things. You hope for some payoff in there at some point that you're recognized for it. Then you look around and nobody's heard of you. It, you know, it's a tough battle to fight. And uh, it's the first thing that you should do when looking at your budget, even to the point of dedicating years to it. John and I, we've marketed Renaissance Bank over the years. In the beginning, our, all of our marketing dollars, all of our efforts were with, with one we're just like everybody else, and we still are. I don't have a client in banking or not that has enough money. Nobody has enough money to do all the things they want to do. So we took the limited budget, and we concentrated on branding and name ID. People had to have heard of Renaissance, even if they couldn't pronounce it or spell it, and know that name when they were choosing their bank. And now uh, we're winning a lot of those battles. Tactically speaking, I don't have the article in front of me. But I read this a while back. Go Google it if you want. But there was a comparison that the high-performing banks, even to the community bank level, had 50%. I know some people are going to absolutely jump out of their chair when I say this, but have 50% of their marketing dollars going towards television. And that's not necessarily broadcast. That's targeted cable. That's addressable advertising. That's uh, some broadcast. But it, it could be pre-roll. It could be some form of online television connection uh, through the station that you buy, but it had 50% of their ad dollars going towards a brand message through television as the medium. It was 50%. And uh, the ones that went a little higher did better. The ones that either weren't on TV or weren't there actually did worse. And that was, there was a huge research and article done by this. I think it was three or four years ago. Uh, I wish I had it in front of me. I don't. I'm not going to spend the time sitting here and look it up. Uh, someone can Google it, though. But it, it really did talk about how the high-performing banks, year in and year out, traditionally, were the ones that had more than 50% of their – had at 50% or a little more because no one was like 70%, but had 50% of their, their dollars going towards television as the medium of their major advertising. That's where your audience is. and uh, That's where all the audience is or are. And someone will say, well, what about the Netflixers? And what about the Hulu where you can't see this? You got pre-roll. Football. You, you got football. <laughs> lot, still to this day, rarely, especially we're in the South, so it might be a little different, but football is the king. 
and rarely do people DVR it to watch it during the original broadcast. Now, they may watch it again or afterwards, but they're watching that thing live if they're not actually at the game. So to put in-stadium advertising with Jumbotron advertising with the television, with some light radio for the drive home after the game, you get some really good brand impression there. But it's expensive. But I can't tell you how much that synergy works together. Uh, we probably, But it has to start with that television ad that kind of sets the cornerstone for the whole conversation. Well, we've talked about advertising technique a good bit on the podcast of how's a you know, how do you do a print ad? How do you do a direct mail piece? You know, how do you shoot a television commercial? And, you know, the thing I would say when we're looking at your mix is if you can afford TV, if you're in a, if you can, which you, you can, you can figure it out. They're digital. I'm talking about television. We're talking about screen. It could be your phone or you're watching live television, pre-roll, um, digital ads, things like that during broadcast. No matter what you're looking at, you have to have a media mix. Some people talk about going and owning um, one medium, and that's absolutely important to do. But you can't only be in one place. If you truly want your audience to feel like you're, quote, everywhere, you have to be more than more than one place. You have to mix it up. If there are billboards in your community that you can mix in around the neighborhoods that you need to advertise to, which are all of them, you know, that's something that, that people can't tune out. And you mix that in with a TV message. And again, we're looking for a lot of you, I believe, for a brand impression, for for that name ID to rise. What's the count right now? I mean, we're, there are over 6,000 banks, six or 7,000 credit unions. Or 13, no, it's 13 and a half thousand banks. So what you have to understand is, is you are marketing one of 13,000 things that we care about. That, that us bank marketers care about, the executive management cares about. You know who cares the most about banks? It's bankers. The consumer, this is something that happens passively uh, in the background, banking. And they don't really want to think about it. The consumer thinks about their Starbucks when they're driving by and they want one. Consumers do not drive by a bank and just want to go in there and open a checking account. It's uh, it's different. You you When you look at... Um, what others are doing in marketing, I would I would invite you to take any of that other advice with a grain of salt. What GE did and what Toyota does and what Starbucks does and all that. You're not any one of them. You're not. And, and this isn't negative. It's just we market the financial foundation, the system of commerce for America. That's important. <laughs> and in fact, the less a customer deals with a bank, the happier they are. Oh, absolutely. Versus the other way where... The more Starbucks you have, if you're a Starbucks fan, the, the more you like it. The more Nike shoes you have, if you're a Nike fan, the more you like it. The more polo shirts, et cetera, et cetera. You want more, more, more. Banking is weird because it's it's the reverse. It's the less you have interaction with your bank. And this is survey after survey tells us this, the happier the client is. If they can do it mobile, not in your, not enter the bank, not interrupt their day, do everything on their own time, whenever they want, not have to worry about bankers' hours, bankers' products, bankers trying to sell them something. If they can just make the financial decision through content off the website that they've seen and make a decision, that's your happiest customer. And it's also your most profitable customer, per se. Now, they don't have a – I'm not talking about what they have in their account, but as a transactional, that's your most profitable customer. So it's, it's an interesting conundrum that we face as bankers, and I like that Josh was pointing on that. When you're looking at your budget and hearing about all these other brands, because everyone loves to talk about all these – quote, more popular brands. Well, that's because those brands are consumer-driven goods that people actually like. They're popular because they're popular. We talk about this around social media, um, where somebody like Taco Bell can interact with its core audience, Doritos, where they're snarky, 
very engaging, fun conversations on Twitter, banks can't do that. That should play into your mindset. You are not retail. You have to reinforce why someone should bank with you, again, against the other 13,000 or so institutions that the consumer doesn't want to have to worry about. Because that's what it equates to. When, when the consumer is thinking about their banking relationship, there's worry, there's stress. And you need to use these markers in your advertising. I've got to move all of my bill pay. That's why you see so many people with a concierge-type service to move someone over these other services. But understand that largely your job is to be known and understood, attract the client, and then never be thought about again, that, that it's a seamless, strong, worry-free institution. Yeah, so we, we strayed a little bit, but it was a good stray. Let's get back because we got to uh, try to keep these a little more timely than in our past rambling bloviations. So let's talk, finish up with the budget. One million for every billion in assets or 100,000 for a million, however you want to put that equation together. Well, it just depends on how big you are. Yeah, how big you are, what you want to do. If it's branding and it's name ID, you got to go for the mass market, and so it's going to be more expensive. If you have legacy, you can focus more on sweat equity in the community as well as probably more tactical, your email, direct mail, social media, more localized marketing, which isn't quite as expensive. How much should I save for production, Josh? If I'm going to put a pie chart together for my budget, and let's say I want to do 50% television. I'm going to be one of those high performers. I'm going to go out there, and I want to really just hammer it home with a big tele. Now, there are some high performers that don't do TV. I can think of Pinnacle Bank out of Nashville. They don't do a lot of television, if any, other than their sponsorship with the Tennessee Titans. And they're a high-performing great bank like Pinnacle, but that's their that's their shtick. They, I think they spend more on people. People. They have a budget for it, though. Yeah. And that's the thing is they have a plan, and they execute that plan vigorously. And they have a budget of what they spend to it. Now, I don't know if they call their hiring budget their marketing budget or not. Jill Castilla, who's been on the podcast before, Citizens Bank of Edmond um, in a suburb of uh, Oklahoma City, Theirs is event-driven in their community. They're a community bank that is a community bank. I would dare say that everybody in Edmond, Oklahoma knows about that bank. So, so it may be different. It may be on people. It may be on something. But again, it's that importance of a plan. And if you're sitting there laughing that, that we're giving such asinine information, I invite you to talk to your peers and find those people. I, we're not wasting our breath. There are plenty of people who, who actually haven't sat down around this time of year and put the pen to the paper and made a, and made a plan. So let's say, okay, let's say 40% towards television and mass brand advertising. How much do we want to put towards production? You know, this is one of those things that, that is a sliding scale. There's not this kind of 1% universal, you know, 1% of your um, asset size universal formula. If you have a smaller budget, you're going to be somewhere in 40, I would say 25 to 40% to kind of set this up as we, as we start. But here's the thing that you need to do. You need to find a group, a creative group. I may have to know one that you're <laughs> that you trust. Because here's the thing: so let's say you're you're small budget bank and you spend up to 40, 50 percent on production year one. You're, you're, you have to have the stuff. You got to set your brand. But then, if you do it right, because you have to spend it at least once then don't do it next year or do some touch-ups and have it every other year. So you do wind up getting down to that 20 to 25% of your overall budget, but maybe you can't get a critical mass of enough stuff to even put out with a smaller budget. You should average out to around 20, 25% of your overall marketing budget put into your creative. Otherwise, you're likely going to have station produced. Wah. 
Word. Yeah, pan and scan stuff on TV, or you're going to have um, yeah, used car dealership ad. Yeah, but I mean, also you can look in house. I think it's First Citizens Bank um, in Waco, Texas. There, there's a group that does uh, these internal videos. They have two. Uh, they've been on the podcast before. They, they do a great job in house, and they've done seminars at ABA about how to do your um, own production. Please don't let television stations shoot your ads. I'm just going to say that. Don't don't do that. And television stations. If you don't like that, calls. Yes, and we'll tell you why. Yeah, there's there, you can you can watch an ad break and tell which ones were shot by TV stations and which ones were shot by agencies yeah. or, or marketers. Remember, we're talking about letting people know how good the transition would be when you do market. Hey, it'll actually hurt your brand worse or more if you have a poorly produced ad that plays a lot. It actually will. It'll give your brand a bad impact. So watch your production. So let's say we spend 40% on TV. We're going to spend 20% on production. So we got 40% of the budget left, if, if my math is, my fuzzy math is correct. What are we going to spend the rest of that 40% on here, Joshua? Well, you know, that's what we're getting on earlier is, you know, it may be people. I mean, you may be a shoe leather bank that, um, you know, we're talking about most profitable customers earlier. We're talking about the ones you don't have a, a cost of service against. Yes. Um, service I mean, costs. Multi-million dollar depositors that are incredibly profitable. So, so maybe you're and a shoe. And there's ones that are incredibly expensive, too. Yeah, yeah that just if they, they threaten you to pull their money all the time and all that. Never, never heard of any of those, but... But maybe you're a shoe leather bank and you put it in that. But again, I used uh, uh, an example earlier of maybe half your budget towards TV, which I would absolutely agree with as much as you can um, towards one of the highest performing media spins out there. But you have to have a mix. And I can't speak to a, a faceless mass of people and say um, what that mix should be. It, it, there, there's not a rule of thumb, but have a mix. If you are a shoe leather bank, you still have to get some name ID. They have to have materials, so there's collateral cost. You do have to have a mix, no matter what that is, whether that's billboard and TV or print and collateral with your shoe leather guys. You know, if you're really getting into this foray uh, of marketing, again, I think what you have to do if you're you're this is your first look at truly budgeting, you're going to have to just see what you can afford and what you can do and figure it out as you go. And this is where I will hopefully allay some of your fears and concerns is if you're not doing an organized marketing campaign in 2016 and you're looking to do it in 2017, the fact that you're doing it is going to to increase your results, or it should. Um, I don't know if, if you approach this thoughtfully what you could do to make it worse. So one thing you're going to have to do is learn how to market your bank. So we have a, a bank marketing podcast, but when we get into some of this granularity, it's very difficult to give an answer for somebody who's in a suburb of a, of a major metro area and um, give that same advice to somebody in Northern California that's in, in, in a more rural yet California. Rural. It, it, it doesn't work. It, there, there's no universal... Uh, methodology, but the thing I would tell you is to be doing it, to be organized, to set a budget, fight for your budget, and then spend your budget. One of the things um, when we work with a client, I ask the budget right away, and clients look at me and say, but if I tell you my budget, you're going to spend it all. I say, you're absolutely right, I'm going to spend it all. That's why you budgeted. That doesn't make me a bad person for spending your budget. This was the resource you gave me. If you serve me dinner, I'm going to try to eat all of it. Um, it. It was what what is there to be used for the sustenance and advancement. And let me throw one out there too, because one of my pet peeves, because I'm the the miserly guy on this 
this podcast. You are. You have your little crotchety cane. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm angry. I'm so angry. Don't save the budget for the bottom line till December 15th and think like, oh, we, I, I saved the money. Now I can spend it on the last two weeks. So I'm going to go buy a bunch of local Christmas ads and show my people saying Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or whatever your, your bank wants to say uh, with the end of the year message. That's frankly the most strategically asinine thing you can do. Well, and I and there's a lot of bankers I know that not at our bank per se, but bankers that I know in peer groups that we talk and complain to me text and say, I have a banker who had a local advertising budget in his market or her market for, you know, twenty five thousand dollars and they get it December fifteenth and they're checking the books to kind of reconcile the end of the year and they've got fifteen thousand dollars left and they're thinking, Well now I'm gonna spend it on Christmas presents and Christmas ads. Or, or you're holding it to make up for lack of yeah, deposits or, or some lack other of metric. Income you got somewhere else because you gave back too many, you know, fees in, or something yeah. you gave back or whatever you did in your branch. But my point being is not only should you spend what you budget or plan to spend as much of it as you can, but spend it strategically. Don't just ask for an amount and then wait till the end of the year and go, oh, well, now I need to spend it because then I've got to ask for my new budget. And they'll look back and say, well, you didn't spend it, so you should come down. And so then you go spend it on just whatever to end the year. Uh, th- that's that's not strategy. That's that's actually bad marketing. If that's the way you behave, you don't believe your money's multiplicative. If you do not believe in the power of it leaving the account and getting into the marketplace and compelling customers to come. But again, the thing I would go back to is we're, we're generally talking about name ID. We're talking about um, how to budget to stand out amongst your 13,000 competitors. Something that would probably strike you as interesting is when I talk to a, a layperson about bank marketing or a non-bank marketer, they may be an expert in marketing. I ask them how many banks do you think there are in America? And I get like 500. 500, yeah, 400, 500. I get 500,000. People do not know. It, it, it's one of those things that... The only uh, people that care about banking are bankers. That's it. And um, it, it it's an odd, odd task that we're forced to do. And there, there's some of you that just have this as a bank uh, or this, this job. You're not... Because you, 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 you took it out of college and you maybe stayed in it. Maybe it's your, your, a new job. I don't know. But um, you, you do have to understand that banking is the underpinning of our financial system. And it is a very important thing to make sure that we give people a, um, a well-informed choice of, of where to bank, what services um, are offered. And, and the, more, the more that we do this, exemplify great practices, uh, the, the better off we are. The, the good stories, I mean, there, there are banks... Um, that the way the media covers and the way the consumer personality is, is when there is bad news that spreads and it becomes generalized to to other banks. And if we, the good bankers, are not letting the uh, communities we serve know that um, that's generally not the case, then um, somebody else can absolutely swoop in and control the message. Have a plan. Make that plan. Commit to the plan. Set a budget to that plan using the 1% guideline, million for every billion, 100,000 for every million. Fight for that budget, set a plan around it, and execute it. Um, get your name out there. I mean, it's one of the statements that John and I hate. Um, there's so many times that somebody comes to you for a sponsorship and you want to get your name out there. We, we roll our eyes, and, and so should you at a lot of those. But really, it is about getting your name out there. But you're the one who should control that. And and make a plan exactly. And while we, I started on a little pie chart conversation. But if you did forty 
twenty for production. You got another forty percent left. That's you know everything from different tactics like social media, email marketing could be personnel, could be public relations. I'm just trying to set the baseline for major branding as well as the production uh, value in there, and everything is fungible as we know. Uh, but anyway, ask for what you need, and it's that time of year. Ask for it, go get it, and get ready to uh, blow it out in 2017. We've gone on to about 30 minutes now, so uh, we're going to close this out with another mannequin challenge. Just kidding. I hate the mannequin challenge. I'm tired of it. It's already jumped the shark. If you don't know what jump the shark means, then you're not as old as I am. So anyway, go back and Google that and figure out what that means because that's really old. Anywho, for the Marketing Money Podcast, this is John Oxford. Josh Mavis. And we're out. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.